If you have your Bible, and I hope you do, join me this morning in Acts chapter 2. And don't, don't be afraid. Grab your, uh, I call it the Glow Bible, that app on your phone or your iPad, whatever it might be. And join us in Acts chapter 2 as well. We're going to look at um, what is for, for those that have been in church, a very familiar passage. If you've not been a part of a church, um, new, to, uh, new to all of this, this won't be a familiar passage to you. But what we're going to see is some very critical things that are going to set the tone for us for what we're going to be talking about over the next three weeks. And we're going to spend some time talking about what it means to be a part of a community, or as we call it, our family. And of course, we're in Pflugerville, so we spell it with a P, because everything in this city is spelled with a P. So we're going to be talking about what does it mean, what does it really mean to be a part of our family. Uh, and, and this is more than, please, please hear this. If, if you don't hear anything else, please hear this part. It's so much more than just membership. We're, we're not just talking about membership. It goes above, it goes beyond. Even though membership is involved, it goes so much further than that because it's about being a part of something and I emphasize that on purpose a part because that's two different words not being apart from it a p a r t one word it's about being a part of something the big family the big c capital c big church narrowed down to what it means to be a part of this family this community um and it's tied to, and, and it's, I'm going to kind of give you a, a little rundown of where we came up with, with the title, um, because it didn't, it didn't sit well with me at first either. But you know, we've talked already this new year, our word for the year is commit. Uh, Proverbs 16.3 is our verse, and we've talked about from that standpoint of commit, that means to be all in. So that's where that hyphenated word comes from being all in being a part being tied to being committed to our community and it is not please hear me on this and, and i want to make sure we do understand this it's not about that old sitcom because that's the first thing i'm sure especially if you're some of our ages um you remember all in the family and if you don't, let me tell you about it, because it was honestly a pretty good sitcom. It ran from like 1971 to 1979, and then it was even extended. And I'm telling you this like I know a whole lot. I read a lot, okay? It was then even extended into 1983, I didn't realize this, called Archie Bunker's Place. So it had a run of about 12 years. And it's about a family living in Queens, New York. And those of you that remember, Archie, kind of this narrow-minded, outspoken, undertones maybe of a little bit of prejudice, 
but really not undertones, you know, just kind of this, this prejudiced guy. And then there was Edith, his wife, kind, sweet, a little bit naive, right? Remember, remember Edith? Uh, then there were the kids, Gloria, the daughter, Michael, the son-in-law. And if you remember from the show, there was, it was all about this clash of generations clashing with each other, but also clashing with this culture outside of the house that was constantly changing. And one thing that's very true about the show, because I, I remember some things, and then as I read just to try to make sure I was remembering stuff correctly, they dealt with, the show was controversial at the time, because they dealt with some pretty taboo social issues and made it into a little bit of comedy, but also there was some tension in there as they dealt with some pretty critical issues. And, and the show uh, received lots of awards and, and acclaim for what they dealt with for the time and the way they dealt with it. So anyway, a lot of history of a sitcom, but that's not what we're that's not what we're talking about. We're not comparing our family to that family because there's a difference in our family, and we always want to make sure that everybody understands our family is a loving family. Our family, our home has open doors. We are, we are here for people to come in and to find a place of rest and to find a place of peace. And you know, there are some of those same issues that they did deal with in that show that we will deal with from time to time as a church. But the difference is we're not going to deal with them from the standpoint of necessarily a clash between things, but in a biblical way. What does the truth of God's word say about some of these issues? And those are the ways that we will address certain things that take place around us. And it will be done through love and through grace. Because that's what we're taught. And that's what we stand on. And we want our family to know and to understand that we're not the Bunker family. Our home is open in every way. So, let's take a look now at the verses in Acts chapter 2. And we're going we're gonna to be reading beginning in Acts 2, 42. And these are going to be the verses that we're going to spend some time in over the next three weeks. So let's read those, talk a little bit about the context of what's going on, and then we're going to specifically dig into verse 42. And that's as far as we're going to get today. Just laying out some things from verse 42. But let's read together. Acts 2, um, starting in verse 42. And again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. We'll probably read different than some of yours. It says, And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. And New Living, New Living Translation adds, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. 
A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Right there in those five, six verses is exactly what we're talking about when it comes to being a part of the family and living in community. whole lot of things design, or not designed, described and, and unpacked in a few short verses. And again, we're going to cover one of those today. And hopefully over the next two weeks following, we're going to get through the rest of it as well. But just some context of, of what is going on in case you've never studied out Acts and, and to see what is happening. I bet in your Bible, if you look at the beginning in Acts chapter 1, it probably gives it a title, the Acts of the Apostles. It could just as easily, it could just as easily be called the Acts of the Church. This is the beginning of what we know today as the church. And there's been a lot of things take place because Luke, the author, is continuing what he taught us from his gospel, what Jesus began to do and to teach. And there's lots of instructions, lots of instructions. Jesus gave us a lot of instructions, and then the disciples carried those forward. And what he's just given to the apostles is the word, wait, because he tells them to wait. The Holy Spirit is coming. But to wait, and he also is instructing them to maintain, to keep together that community that they've built of believers and of followers of Jesus. So he's, he's told them to wait because they're preparing. They're preparing to be his witnesses and to demonstrate to the world what it means to be a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ, and to go and to share with the world. So they stay together in Jerusalem. They meet, they pray together. You can read this in Acts 1 and Acts 2 up to the point where we are, and you see a sense of unity. They're very unified in what they're doing and what they're about as they wait. And then Peter... One of my favorites, and we'll, I'm sure over the years we're going to talk a whole lot about Peter. Um, he speaks to the group. And if you see in, in your Bible in a, a few verses ahead, there's 120 that have come together in this community and are together. And he's teaching them from the Scripture, and he's pointing, to, pointing them to the instructions of King David as the Holy Spirit spoke through David from Psalm 109. There's a lot of stuff here that you can look back and you can trace and you can start to put pieces together. That, that's one of the things that I love when it comes to reading the Word. So often it's so easy to get just kind of caught up into reading a book. We're just, we're just kind of reading through a book. But I just would encourage you, 
to be careful and to look because there's references back and there's things that connect and put a big picture together. And that's what, that's what Peter begins to do for him. And from instructions through King David in Psalm 109, he tells them that they need to replace Judas. Judas, the disciple that betrayed Jesus. And so, and I'm, I'm trying to keep this short, but they do that. They replace Judas. And then, one of the most powerful sermons ever preached. And I can't imagine that what we can read in Acts chapter 2 is, and, and I don't believe that it is, the whole sermon. I think it's just kind of a summary of what Peter preached. And maybe it's not because the Holy Spirit worked. Maybe that's exactly all he said. And the Holy Spirit did what the Holy Spirit is, is here to do. But we get to see and read the first missionary message, the first gospel message. And Peter makes really clear for us the Christology, who Jesus is, the person, the nature, and the role of Christ from the incarnation to the resurrection. He makes it clear who Jesus is. And that's so important for that community and for the body of believers for us, because recognizing who Jesus is and committing our lives to him in faith as a believer, believer is so essential to knowing him, and it's so essential to what the community of the church is called to do. It doesn't mean that you can't be a part, but there's a connection that comes with knowing and following Jesus Christ in faith. There, there's just a connection there. And then we know, because we can see it right there in Acts chapter 2, um, verse 41, I think it is, 3,000. 3,000 were added that day from that powerful message that Peter preached. Again, whether it's just the words that we have in our Bible or if there was more to it, I don't know. But the Holy Spirit worked. So what we know is by that power of the Holy Spirit, these first Christians, these first believers, these first followers came together. And, and putting it in, in kind of simple terms, putting it in terms for us that maybe we can understand a little bit better. They came in together in a state of active fellowship. There was something about them that was energized. They were changed internally. Those narrow views that we can even have of things around us, those are broken through to open their eyes to the bigger picture of who God is We've already read, we see they shared things with each other, and they regarded themselves. They regarded themselves as a family. That's how they considered who they were. And so for us, we, we get to see as we look at this, the birth of the life of community and the definition of, of community, that life of community inside, inside that body, inside that family, 
and, and this is the important part that over this series that we'll definitely spend some time with, that external connection as well. It's, that's why I said earlier, it's not just about membership. We have an active responsibility as part of our community to interact and to live and to do life with each other, but to also to interact, to engage with people outside and bring people into the family. That's what is so, um, that is what is so awesome about being part of, as we call it, the PF family, but a church community is we get to engage others and we get to bring people in so that automatically shifts our focus from inside to outside if we let it you know sometimes we can get we can get caught in the internal but it it shifts it should shift our focus outside to the people that we know the people that we don't know who aren't a part of the community and aren't a part of the family. So let's take a look. And again, right now we're just going to focus on and look at four key things from verse 42 that kind of sets, sets the tone for us for what we're going to talk about over the next two weeks. And I hope, and I think some of you are probably already laughing at me, there's no way we're going to get done in this in two weeks, but we will. We're going to get it. So Today just needed, we really had to set the foundation to what we're talking to. But verse 42, and I'm going to read it again, and Karen can put it back on the screen for us. And all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, again, as my translation says, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. And again, there's four things right there in verse 42 that... Quickly, we're going to walk through those this morning as we get ready over the next couple of weeks to really dig into them. The first thing that they were devoted to, and that, that idea of being devoted, it has, it has by nature this idea to it and a truth to it of persistence, perseverance, uh, ongoing. It's not devotion. That's, that's not something that is, is really hit and miss by definition. When you're, when you're devoted, again, it ties to that, that all-in aspect of life. You're, you're devoted to, just like they were devoted to their community, and it gives this emphasis of a bond and a unity that comes with the connection. So they're devoted to the teaching also known as discipleship. And we, we can go back to, uh, because this all connects, we can go back to what we call the Great Commission in Matthew 28, where Jesus instructs them to go make disciples, to bring people into the community. That's what he's instructing them to do, to bring people into the community and to teach them. And there's a lot to the teaching. It's not just it's not just about someone, whomever it is, just standing up and saying a bunch of words and sitting down. 
what is it is about within the community there are more than one there is more than one person but it's about correct instruction instruction in the truth instruction in the word of god centered on absolutely centered on the person of jesus christ and again that christology as we call it his nature who he was what he taught and that's the center of the teaching and its preparation it's preparing all of us whomever that one is that's doing the correct teaching it's preparing us to go to engage and to carry out what Jesus taught us it includes some ethical things some practical things but again it's grounded just grounded firmly in the promise that God gave to believers through Jesus Christ that is the truth of the teaching. And I shared with, with some of you, it's been quite a while ago, but this it brings me back. And as I was putting things together, I kind of giggled as I thought about it, so I have to share it again this morning. That, that discipleship model that I told you we were going to steal from another church that I know because our instruction is to become disciples then our instruction also is to help others become disciples. And then our further instruction is to help others help others become disciples. So if you remember the model, our discipleship model, BD, ho, BD, ho, ho. That's our discipleship model. Become disciples, BD. Help others become disciples, ho, BD. And then ho, ho, help others help others. It's not about being Santa Claus. It's about... <laughs> helping others to understand the centrality of the truth of the teachings of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about, and that's what these believers in this community devoted themselves to, and that's for us, what we as a part of this family are devoted to. They also devoted themselves to fellowship. And there's a whole lot of stuff about fellowship. There's that, that idea of sharing things in common. And that was part of it. And as we unfold these verses over the next couple of weeks, you know, we're going to see some of that, that idea of making sure we're meeting the needs of others. It wasn't, it wasn't given as a direct order and an instruction, we'll sell everything you've got and just give it to the pool. That's not what, that's not what this is about. It's, it's about meeting our needs within our group if someone within our group has a need we're called to meet that need and to help as well as we're called to meet the need of people outside of our community that's part of our witness as well like the rice that we're gathering to give to the circle of hope we are they're never going to know where that rice came from but we are being a part of sharing from what God has blessed us with, with the world around us. And that's what we're called to do. It's that fellowship, Christian fellowship with God, a Christian fellowship with fellow believers. And that Greek word, uh, koinonia, and I always say that wrong, but that idea of being together in communion, being together in fellowship, 
and being together in shared activity, and it underscores the personal, interactive character of our relationships with each other at every level. There's an interaction at every level, and it gives us a sense of being connected to, a sense of between, and a sense of connection for each other. I mean, there's just this, this web that comes with that fellowship and with connection to each other. So three, they're devoted to sharing in meals. And as I read that, I pointed out to you that in my translation, New Living, it includes the words, the Lord's Supper. In the NIV, in the New American Standard, in an original context, it doesn't include that statement. And with scholars, as there always is, there's a whole lot of debate. Did it mean the Lord's Supper? Did it not mean the Lord's Supper? Did it just mean come to the table and have a meal together? Or did it mean come to the table for a meal, have the Lord's Supper, and then share a meal together? And there's a lot of debate about that. And honestly, that debate for us really doesn't matter. What, what, what the idea is and what we want to carry from this. And I'm not taking away from what the word says. I'm taking away from us getting in a debate. What it's teaching us to be devoted to in sharing in meals is that, that not an idea, but that reality of being together. And there's in it that, that suggestion of an intimate relationship, an inter intimate interaction, and mutual acceptance of each other. And that is so very important for a community to thrive as we do life together. We accept each other. We understand each other. We may not always agree with each other, and that's okay. But we love each other. And we want to be together. And just like I shared with you back over Thanksgiving, that, that phrase that I love, come to the table. And for us, that sharing in meals and even that aspect of fellowship, the table is a safe place where family comes just as they are. There's always a seat available at the table for people to come to be a part and to share life together. So important for our community. And then last, but not least in the significance, they devoted themselves to prayer. And for Luke, who we're reading as the author of Acts, prayer is an emphasis that Luke makes so very often, but it shouldn't be for us just an emphasis because Luke makes it. It should be an emphasis for us because as followers of Christ, devoted to who he is or new to the group and new to being devoted to Christ, something that's so central and so important for us is that we seek God's direction in everything that we do and we are dependent on him in all things. And I think I have said that probably 200 times in the last six months. 
and I'll say it 200 more maybe before next week because it is so important for us and so central to who we are as individuals and to who we are as a community and as a family as we actively submit to God's authority. We listen to what he says and then we follow as he leads us as we follow as he leads us because we're dependent on him so rapid fire summary of that one verse this morning but here here's where it has us here's where it has us for today because for us as a community and for us as a family there's so many things about this that we have to we have to actively focus on and we have to intentionally devote ourselves to these things so that we don't lose sight of them because it can be so easy and many of you understand this it can be so easy as a group to kind of start doing things on our own and to lose sight of who we're doing this for so as we over the next few weeks develop this understanding of what this life in community is and how do we do it what it means to be committed to it and then later when we really put the bow on the box is how do we go out because that's the key for us again that's the key for us that we don't just internalize everything but we are following what God has taught us to go out to the outside community to invite them to be a part of this community. And how many times have I said it? There's so many ways that we can extend invitations to people to be a part of our community and never say a word just because of who we are as a body. But we want those opportunities to share our words, to tell people, not just about this church, but to tell people about who Jesus Christ is and why, why they should consider following him for the rest of their lives. And we pray that just like when Peter preached, the Holy Spirit works and people come to know Jesus Christ. And again, our doors are open. We're not going to shove somebody out if they've not made that commitment in life yet, we want someone to come in and to see who we are and to see how we live. And for that, that love and that community and that idea of family just to be infectious, that that would be our COVID, that people would know who we are in Christ and have questions and want to be a part of the community because they see something in us and they want to know who that is. So as, as Joe and Lisa come up to lead us in, in worship again, remember, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. Our, our word for the year, commit. Because we've got much to do in 22. So as, as Joe and Lisa come to lead us this morning, um, just want to, to offer 
to someone here. Um, if, if you've not given your life to Christ, you've not stepped into what we call faith in Christ, and you have questions this morning, uh, there's things that, that maybe aren't clear that you, that you want to know more about, we want to give you that opportunity this morning to ask those questions and to pray with you. And, and there's, not, there, there's not a magic formula. There's just not a magic formula. It's a personal commitment to Jesus Christ because we know from the truth of the word that we are all sinners and fall short of the teachings of Jesus Christ. And we deserve separation forever from him. But God, by the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, we have hope and we have a new life. And for you this morning, if that's something that you want to know more about, I'm going to be standing right back in the back of the room. Please come talk to me. Would love to talk, to pray with you before you leave today. Before you leave today. And this morning, if you're here and there's just been things in life that, uh, as, as we've talked about several times, are just a mess. And you need someone to pray with you. I'll be back there. Love to pray with you. But there's a room full of people that would pray with you as well. So if God's calling you to respond that way today, you surrender to how he's calling. So Father, this morning, um, again, Father, we just we say that we love you. And God, we, we thank you for uh, the truth of your word. Father, we thank you for your love for us. And Father, we thank you. Um, we thank you for our family, for this group uh, that we can be with, can be devoted to, can hold each other up, can hold each other together um, as we live, we live our life in you. So God, this morning as, as we worship and as we respond to you, uh, God, all we can say is we trust you. So, Father, have your way in our hearts and in our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand up and worship the Lord with us. Amen.